In the dead of night, when the moon is high and ill winds blow, and the banshees cry and the moonlight casts an unearthly glow, arise, my love, with tales of woe. Welcome to Ghost to Ghost. Tonight we are hosting a special episode for Halloween 2022. Tonight we will have my research manager, Jennifer Vern, reading The Gibbling Ghosts. We hope you enjoy this. We ask that you all be careful on Halloween and have a very, very safe Halloween. Watch your children, keep them safe, and enjoy the holiday. Alright listeners, today's episode is on the House of the Gibbling Ghosts. Now, my research manager, Jennifer Verne, did a lot of work and researched this for some time. It's very interesting, and it does emphasize the need for research. This is a perfectly good example, because as you'll find at the end of the reading of the story that uh, some of the information is inaccurate. We find this out a lot during investigations. We'll be given information that is believed to be 100% accurate. A lot of it's folklore or has been tradition passed down. As we start researching it, we can't find any proof of some of the stories and some of the things that happen. In this particular case, uh, one individual who was believed to have lost his life at the Gibbling House turned out, lived a perfectly long and healthy life in a totally different state. So it isn't, a, isn't unusual for that to happen from time to time. So we're going to lead right in and get into the story of the House of the Gibbling Ghost. The House of the Gibbering Ghosts. We have all heard of ghost stories from our friends, family, and our social media communities. These are usually current in first-hand or second-hand accounts. We have old ghost stories that we all love to tell, and over the years, they go from first-hand, second-hand, third, fourth, and many more through the years. Today, we are going to share a first-hand account straight from the homeowner himself. This story came to me from an article titled The House of the Gibbering Ghosts, written by Stephen Taylor in 2015 for the Hoosier State Chronicles. He recounts another article by W.H. Blodgett. This was published in the Indianapolis News on November 1st, 1901. It's a story about an Indian chief in his gold, a horseman without a head, a suicide gone wrong, and things that go bump in the attic. It seems crisp fall evenings have always inspired tales of ghosts. One such evening in October 1901, Blodgett was sitting in Indianapolis with a reporter friend, Dick, who was relating the tale of a haunted house he heard about in Delaware County. The two decided they were going to see what it was about. They made the trip up the old National Road to a farm near Yorktown in Daleville. The land where the White River Valley Farm sat already had legends surrounding it. The first legend is that of an Indian chief, Wa Se He To, or the Fox. He traded frequently with settlers and had amassed a large sum of gold. When he died in a hunt, his gold disappeared. In the 1890s, the Camp Chesterfield spiritualists held seances in the area to try to locate the lost gold. Locals at the time felt Wa Se He To 
had returned in spirit to protect the gold, as a spirit was seen to wander and roam over the farmland. Or did he return to find his gold, as it was not known if he had hidden it himself or if he had actually killed and his gold stolen? You're listening to Ghost to Ghost. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back in just a moment. Hey everybody, this is Kelly. And I'm Chris. We are Traveler's Moon. And we just want to give a shout out to Ghost to Ghost. A happy spooky season, everybody. Welcome back to Ghost to Ghost. We now return to the story of the Gibbling Ghost. The second ghost said to haunt the area is that of Dr. George Washington Slack. Dr. Slack practiced medicine in Yorktown, and records show that he died in January 1886 of epoxy at the age of 60. Burgess informed Blodgett and his friend that the locals tell a different story. As the doctor grew older, he became unsettled in his mind, and one night he tried to shoot himself. This did not kill him, however, and he stumbled into the house and into an upstairs room where he cut his throat with his wounds staining the floor with blood, and that the stain was still there. A lot of people around here have seen the haunt, and they all believe. Mr. Burgess shared that prior tenants had also experienced things. Tom McKinley moved in, and then moved right back out because he, quote, could not stand the noises, and he saw the haunt standing right where that stove is now. Also, another owner, Bill Fuquay, saw the ghost and shot at it a number of times, and he took Blodgett over to the wall where he could clearly see bullet holes still in the woodwork. Blodgett asked if he had seen the ghost in the house. Mr. Burgess states not in the house, but he has heard groans coming from the upstairs room. He heard the sound of violin music and people laughing and footfalls on the stairs with no one ever appearing. The doors in the dining room and kitchen will swing open at all hours, no matter how they fasten them. A little cupboard in the kitchen, where the doctor used to keep his medicines, would open so often he had taken to the, taking the door off its hinges. Burgess took Blodgett and his friend upstairs to the room where the doctor cut his throat to show him the stained floor. Blodgett, in fact, did witness a long, ragged ribbon of what could have been blood at one time. He told them that the marks on the floor could not be removed no matter what they tried, and that those who came to the house said they had been present even before the Burgesses arrived. Mr. Burgess says, I don't try to explain this. You can see for yourselves what it is and draw your own conclusions. You're listening to Ghost to Ghost. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Ghost to Ghost. I'm your host, Chief Lawson. I'd like to remind you that October is Fire Prevention Month. This is a good time to check and ensure that all your smoke detectors are working properly. They have a little check button on them. You need to press that, and they should go off. Make sure you got good batteries, and if there's any doubt, put new batteries in. Batteries are cheap, but lives are not. As a fire chief, I can't tell you how important it is to have working smoke detectors. You should have one on each floor, and make sure you have one outside of your sleeping spaces. It's also good if you can get enough of them and put them around even more than that. If you have any question about where placement should be, contact your local fire department or fire station and they'll help you out with that also carbon monoxide detectors they are inexpensive and they do save lives make sure you've got one and also when you think about putting 
smoke detectors in different places. Think about your attic and areas like your garage. Those are areas that a lot of people don't think about that do need smoke detectors. So, again, be safe and have a happy Halloween. The Ghost to Ghost. I'm your host, Chief Lawson, and we will continue with the reading of the Gibbling Ghosts. Blodgett then asks Burgess about the Headless Horseman. Burgess states that he has seen him a number of times. I have shot at him often. He rides a short, sort of a dark horse, just like the doctor used to ride. And he is sort of thin and misty-like and has no head. He generally starts at the barn. Sometimes he just seems to bob out of the ground, and then he just disappears. He also says that Bill Fuquay used to have trouble getting his horse to go into the barn at night. They would snort and tremble and seem very much afraid. Bill would have a hard time with the barn doors. They would at times fly open on their own, and other times they would be fastened shut when he had not done so. The barn the doctor had used was by this time torn down, but the ground where it stood is where the horseman would often be seen to rise from. Blodgett and his friends stayed the night with the Burgesses, and while Blodgett slept fine, his friend did not. Blodgett was startled awake by his friend having a nightmare. When Dick finally woke up, he said he had been chased by a headless horseman, and when he caught him, he tried to choke him. Did the reporter simply have a nightmare from all the tales he had heard that day, or did the good doctor make one final house call? Thank you for listening to Ghost to Ghost. That is our Halloween special, our reading of the Gibbling Ghost. We hope you truly enjoyed it. You're listening to Ghost to Ghost. I'm your host, Chief Lawson. On behalf of Spirit Indiana Paranormal, I'd like to wish you and all of yours a happy Halloween. Be safe and enjoy the season. Thank you for listening.